You are listening to Innovators Can Laugh with Eric Melcher, where I dive into the interesting and fascinating stories of innovators and startup founders from Europe. Let's dive in. Hi, everyone. This is the Innovators Can Laugh podcast. I'm Eric Melcher, and today we are joined with Leon van der Van, CEO of CargoStream, which is a shared workspace for logistics management. How are things in Lithuania? Hi, Eric. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Live from Lithuania. Well, you know, the gray period started here in Lithuania right now, which is basically all the way from October to March. It's like we have 50 tones of gray and uh, every single day will be like that for the next <laughs> few months. So yeah, you kind of have to get used to it. Yeah. Uh, some people love it. Yeah. You know, I'm still in the process of getting used to the color tones, I must say. Yeah. That's what I don't understand is like, Lithuania or, or maybe Norway and that region always ranks high for like best places to live. But you ask anybody who lives there, they're like, hey, for five or six months out of the year, it's like total yeah. gray because winter sucks. And so it's like, how can you be happy when the weather's like that for so many months? It's kind of yes, hard to yes. understand there. But you kind of get used to it and just take a lot of vitamin D, then you will make it. Yeah, that's vitamin D, that's the key. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to get into cargo stream in a minute. One of the things that interests me on your LinkedIn profile, in your title, you have the word futurist. And so when I saw that, I immediately think of science fiction. So I'm wondering, when you were a child, were you really yeah, into sci-fi? Yeah, not actually. Like, I loved sci-fi movies as a child, and I still do. And I always, as a child, was fantasizing about the future really like daydreaming about future it just comes natural to me i don't know how i do it and in my adult life it's basically the same somehow when something ha uh, happens in my environment or a new opportunity pops up or a change in the business i but people have sometimes troubles following me because i'm living somewhere in a future already with my mind and so what are you talking about? And I just, you know, I can't stop these visions and thoughts that are coming about how it would look like in the future. So yeah, it's great to have it, but also it's kind of a curse sometimes. <laughs> well, my, my kid yeah. is four and I don't know when's a good age to start him with Star Wars, but when you were a kid, like what was one of your favorite oh, definitely, movies? Definitely Star Wars was one of my favorite movies as a kid. Yeah, absolutely. I was playing the X-Wing fighter, yeah, you know, okay. outside with my friends, like mimicking uh, Luke Skywalker. And yeah, Star Wars is definitely one of my go-to sci-fi movies for sure. Yeah. And I used to read a lot. I remember going to library still... with school, you know, we were, you know, we were going like uh, once every two weeks or something to the library. I always picked the sci-fi books. Which which books? Like, do you recall yeah, your favorite yeah. ones? Uh, one of my favorite books as a child, I, I don't recall the, the author, but... It was a book about travel to Mercury. Like Mercury is like the hottest planet uh, in the solar system, right? So, and it was called, I think, 375 yeah. degrees in the shade or something. That was the name of the book, something like that. And that's like 35 years ago, right? 30 years ago. So I still remember. And it was about how humanity established uh, a colony on Mercury in this extreme temperatures. Like, and I'm fascinated still about, uh, you know, when it comes to sci-fi, you know, the X-Wing fighters and the different solar systems uh, are all very cool, but it's more fantasy. What, what intrigues me the most is like, 
you know, SpaceX, I follow really because the idea that one day we will be living on Mars is like so deeply fascinating me. Like I, I always say to my wife, like if I wouldn't have a, a wife and children and I would be kind of a, you know, <laughs> loner in this world, I would probably go for uh, the Mars mission actually. Yeah. You would be sitting next to, you know, Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk as, you know, this past year and yes, it went up yes, in space. Yes. Huh? <laughs> okay. So as a kid, were you a good student or would your parents say different? I definitely was a good student. Yeah. But I also was a good student because it was kind of expected for me to be the good student. Right. So as a child, I was kind of fitting in like I wasn't a maverick or something during childhood. I, I tried to fit in when I was a child. I'm also the oldest sibling. So, you know, already from age seven onwards, I was like the good example. I sh you know, I must be the role model for how you do it well. So yeah, I was a good student, but I also realized that later on in my teenage life, when, you know, my high school, uh, that actually I also had a, like a rebellious side that I didn't want to be a good student anymore. So I kind of screwed up my last years in school, I can say, because of it. <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't too crazy. I mean, you didn't end up in no, jail. No, 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 not that. But I, I know I would have been capable of doing like better when it comes to degrees because I don't have a degree actually. I'm, I wouldn't call myself a school dropout. <laughs> But I'm not the typical academic example, let's say so. Well, that's okay. The best entrepreneurs are are those that either dropped out or were actually seasoned. Yeah, is that really? Is that really the case? <laughs> you know, I'm quite of intrigued by the HubSpot model. You know, those were four MBA and MBA graduates that came together. Like all four of them had like MBA, and HubSpot is of course like tremendously successful company. So I'm not sure. You know, I think we. It's not about what you learn in a, in any like business study or something, I believe it's about how your mindset gets primed to look at things, which will help you in later life. So people always say like, I wasted my time in a university because the things that I learn don't apply to my life right now. But I think it's not about that. It's about putting yourself through this four years of six years of hard work to go for your masters, that builds a certain discipline and mindset and that benefits yourself, you on later life, so to say. That's, I think, what, yeah. what you yeah. get is this, from studying. Is this one of the topics that you, you speak about? Because I also noticed you're a keynote yeah. speaker and I was wondering what topics or speeches that you've given that you're really mm -hmm. passionate about? Like, what is one of the, the favorite talks that you've mm -hmm. given in the past? And what was the future of the workplace? About? I'm super passionate about. Which is where, yeah. where we're living yeah. in right now. I mean, we're living in, in the future right now. So wh what is it that you had to say about remote? Well, remote work is, thankfully it's changing right now, but remote work was seen as a decision between officers or home. Like, you know, it's a uh, remote work was seen as like a, deciding whether you send your people away from the office and let them work from the kitchen table or actually have everybody in one office. But that's not at all what remote work is about. Remote work is a symptom. Remote work is a symptom of a transformation in organizations that focus more on what people really intrinsically need in the workplace. 
And remote work reflects the best in what people need. And that is freedom, being trusted that they can work from anywhere, not having to be under the umbrella of uh, management in the office, that autonomy, because it requires a, you know, a big level of autonomy in, in, in a person to work effectively remotely. So it's a skill you have to learn because people were not used to it, but the future of remote work is it, the future of the workplace is an organization is a culture where the focus is on getting the best out of people by giving them what they need in the workplace. And uh, one of the best ways to do that is to allow people to work remotely. So what happens when, you know, we are able to just increase the well-being of employees in the workplace by just 10% worldwide, right? Just 10% worldwide. What would happen? Like the amount of increased output that the global workforce would have would like change all the problems that we have right now in the world. Climate, you know, whatever you name it. It will be solved because we can get the maximum out of people by creating these organizations that give people what they need in the workplace. Yeah. And I think because of that flexibility people have and that yeah. freedom, like you said, they're happier. For sure. And if they're happier, I think from a business perspective, that leads to long for sure. As well. Maybe I don't know. I'm just get, I'm just guessing here, but that's but I think and that now goes the futuristic mind, right? In the future, we will not pick a company anymore to work for. It, it just doesn't work like that anymore in the future. In my views, like in the future, we will have hubs, you know, like you're a marketing specialist. So you will connect yourself to, let's say, a marketing hub in, I don't know what city you are from in US, Houston. Okay, so Houston. there's a, this marketing hub, Houston, you know. You connect yourself, let's say, to that hub remotely. And companies use the services of the marketing hub, not by competing with each other for talent, but sharing talent with each other. Like, why would you force somebody to 100% commit to you while we already see that, you know, and freelancers are a great example Freelancers now are seen like, you know, people, they're not entrepreneurs and they're not employees. I think freelancers are the future. That's the model which works best. Use the only the things which you're good at yeah. and add that as value to several companies rather than to taking a job where you do maybe 20% in the job, you do the things you're really good at and 80% you do because you must fill your time in order to earn your salary. Like, I think we will be a more right, specialistic right. society where people do what they're really good at and really love and spread that value to several companies rather than one. Why as a company would you have one workforce, right? Why would you not have a shared workforce? This is way more efficient and more inspiring and purposeful to people. That's how I see the future of the workplace. Yeah. Uh, no. I like that idea. You get a collective group of specialists together and maybe it's just like a project like yes. three months or something like that. They know they're going to be in it for a short term, but you're getting the best yes. out of what they do. And it's something that they're, you know, a longer project they do or not, but yeah. they can move on to something else that interests them and that they know that they're going to 
what they bring to the table yeah. is what they're really good at. That's a really good model. Tell me about Cargo Stream. What is it about the tool that customers get excited about? Yes. With Cargo Stream, we are digitalizing collaboration in logistics. You know, work in logistics is for like 80% of companies still use email. Like email was great when we swift shifted from the Telefax, you know, and we suddenly had email. It was like, you know, wow, it was magical email. But if you really look at it, email is nothing more than digital paper, actually. It's just digital paper. So whole, the whole future of logistics, both from a like profitability and development perspective, as from a sustainability perspective, is built on this foundation of email, which is by definition inefficient. And actually studies have shown that people who are working a lot with email on a day-to-day basis are more overwhelmed, are more stressed out, and they have a lower score on well-being assessments within the company. And when they do the same score, people that have digitalized tools, right? Like easy couple of click uh, work process and are never behind in emails, you know, like 400 emails on average, one logistic employee gets on a day-to-day basis, 400. Like how can we build a future of a whole sector based on those outdated 1990 processes? It's impossible really. So we cannot yeah. reach the sustainability targets only by you know, new fuels, electrical vehicles, because by the time we are fully electrical, we are also 50 years ahead in time. No, we need to have solutions on the practical level in companies, digitalized, easy to use collaboration platforms in real time where everybody comes together without having to send back and forth emails. And then, you know, come in the morning, open up your inbox with 400 emails, like this is not how it works in 2021 anymore. And we are super excited at CargoStream that we provide customers a solution which solves their problems in terms of employee engagement, loss and opportunity, lack of sustainable approach to their logistics. We, our customers told us that we have solved those problems for them with, the, with our solution. And that's just super exciting. That's fantastic. Where, where are you in now in terms of like total customers? In total customers, uh, in terms of companies, we are like, okay, we are in the, in the growth phase, right? So we are like in a, we have like 15 companies that are really actively using it, but due to the nature of the city, because it's a collaboration platform, they drag in their network, which is in total like a thousand companies who are in one way or the other already connected to the platform as a collaboration platform. Okay. And uh, for 2021, your projected revenue? Projected revenue for 2021, we're going we're gonna to hit the six figures. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Finally, can you tell me two or three habits that have served you well in terms of being happier and more productive? Yes. What are two or three habits that you do in your life? Yes. Okay. The absolute number one habit that everyone must apply today is never look at what you didn't do today, but look at what you did today. Because we are beating ourselves up by 
shit, I didn't tick off this thing or shit, I didn't do that thing. Or, you know, I, I, I didn't have the time. I, we're always focusing and that's probably out of whole society because, you know, we're always focused on about what we didn't do, what we didn't accomplish, what we didn't go for, uh, the rules we didn't comply to. No, change that around and look back to your day and look at what you did. And more often than not, you actually realize that you did a lot and that is enough because productivity to me is not about whether you have a fast computer or you have tools like uh, whatever, you know, workflow management tools or working 12 hours per day. Those things help, but number one productivity comes from mindset. It's a mental thing. It's your attitude towards your work, which makes you most productive. So that's like, I really remind myself every day to, to practice that habit and to look at what did I do and be happy with what I did. Do I want to do more? Yes, I want to do more, but for today, this is what I did. And that's, it's good enough. And that really helps. And actually increase. I'm going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm going to do that because every morning I write down like maybe the top five to 10 things that I want to accomplish throughout the day. I cross each one out as they get done. But at the end of the day, I'm looking at like the two or three things that I didn't get finished. And I yeah. tend to dwell on those things, right? Instead of looking at the ones that I crossed out. And I have a feeling now, as you said this, if I look at what I accomplished, I probably have a smile on my face. Yes. You know, knowing that, hey, yes. I got some stuff done. And the same goes for your yeah. week. Okay. And the same that, goes that, for your it. month, you know? And we yeah. always overplan our days. Like we always do. And that's fine. As long as you're mindful about it, you focus on what you did. And if you know that, you know, yeah. you did that because you did your best and you were not sitting the whole day watching Netflix, for example, then it's absolutely okay what you did. So yes, have the mentality to show up, but don't distract yourself about what you didn't do. That's really powerful. Yeah. Okay. And when you're, I'm very curious about your recruiting methods, because it seems to me that you really want people, or at least want to collaborate and work with people that are in the right space in terms of you know, yeah. maybe their mental strength or, you know, I'm just wondering when you try to recruit somebody yeah. new to join your team, what are you looking for? You know, is there some sort of process or maybe experiment that you kind of run them through to figure out, hey, is this somebody that's, in a, yeah. that's got a good mindset that I want to have on? For me, like mindset and attitudes, mentalities and attitudes are, are everything. Higher for mentalities and attitudes, skills everybody can learn. But I want to have people in the team that know how to take care of themselves, you know? So I listen to how they speak about themselves. I listen how to, how I ask them about the habits, for example, like, what do you do? I'm looking for, are there any habits like meditation or is there anything related to sports? Is there something like hobbies, competitive, maybe some competitive aspects of their uh, private life, you know? Because people who realize that hobbies and social connections and taking care of your health and, and sleep well, you know, like I, I would doubt if I would hire a person that sits every day until two, three in the night, because it simply doesn't work. You, you cannot get the maximum out of your yeah. brain when you don't sleep. 
So I'm looking for that next to, of course, all the regular things. Okay. Okay, Leon, yeah. last question for you. Is there an online tool that you like that has helped you build your business? Mm-hmm. I'm just looking for one here. Like what is one essential tool that you've used to help build your you business? You mean in terms of like, like, like a technical software tool, yeah? Yeah, it could be, you know, for something yeah, for sales okay. and marketing, something that yes. you use like a CRM well, or... What changed my life is Asana is so much okay. more as a project management tool. If you realize that Asana is your external brain and you really put everything that comes up in your mind into Asana, you organize that into different projects, you know, like waiting for or future goals or right now, focus right now or urgent even, you know, when you use Asana as your external brain repository, you never miss a thing and you have so much peace of mind because you know that it's stored somewhere. So you're not stressing over, oh, maybe I will forget it or, you know, write it on post-its everywhere. So I, I make a habit to tell Siri, make a note in Asana. And everything that comes up to mind, like I, I put in Asana. Even if I go wake up in three in the night, I go to the toilet, something pops up. I talk to Siri in the middle of the night with my eyes closed because the blue light is not so good. Uh, with my eyes closed and I make a note for myself for the morning after. And sometimes I'm really surprised like, oh, did I tell that to my Asana last night? But it's so powerful because we often yeah. forget to catch those magical moments that our brain gives us. And we lose it. So when you put everything in a tool like Asana, you can get it into your workflow and you get it done. That is fascinating. I've never thought about that. I've, I usually put stuff in mm-hmm. Evernote thing. I never really mm-hmm. go back to look for some of that stuff or, you know, mm-hmm. I forgot about it, but you have it in a project. Leon, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure having you on this show for everybody listening. Thank you, Eric. Innovative entrepreneur from Lithuania. Uh, thank Ms. you so Gato. much. Ms. Cheers. Why do you say goodbye in Lithuania? Risegato. <laughs> All right. Risegato. All right. Cheers, everyone. Thanks for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, I'd really appreciate it if you could give us a review and star rating. Also, don't forget to sign up for the ICO newsletter at innovatorscanlaugh.com where you can get the bio and details of each guest. Thanks. <laughs>